Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hey, guys. This is Elliot from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm just calling in reference to your uh, story about this Harvey lady with the gay marriage analogy or whatever. Um, I'm a law student, not a very good one, but at least I have a very rudimentary and basic understanding of constitutional law. There are three tiers of scrutiny that the Supreme Court and all federal courts look at when dealing with uh, equal protection law and discrimination under the law. And her analogy was just, you have to at least, at least meet rational basis. That's the very lowest of the three tiers of scrutiny, and hers didn't do that. And I understand you guys did a great job of destroying her analogy according to logic, but I just want to say, as a matter of law, and God knows I'm not a good law student, even I know that she's just wrong as a matter of law. Anyway, you guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Glory hole. Thanks, guys. Hello, Cecil and Tom. This is Bill and Susie from Barroom Atheist. Hi, guys. Listen, uh, love the love the show, and we got confirmation just the other day that your listeners are exquisite podcast connoisseurs because uh, one of our iTunes reviews said Glory Hill. So we thought we'd give you a call and just give you from Barroom Atheist a resounding bar men. Bar men. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode 112, Redemption! Redemption. I just. I think we should give them UFC names. Like where it's just. Is it no? Uh, actually, I think that's like a Bruce Willis film, isn't it? <laughs> They're all. All the. Is he going to make an appearance? Because I kind of hate him. This is episode one twelve. Die even more difficultly. Die quicklier. More <laughs> aggression when you're dying. <laughs> die with aggression. That would be an awesome <laughs> title. Vehemently die. Any Bruce what? Willis movie? How that's are you doing awesome. that exactly? Yeah. <laughs> You're not dying with enough aggression. <laughs> that guy died, but he died so aggressively. Did you see that? It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of guys just go gently into that good night, uh, but he was fucking not him. He uh, died. Did you see, speaking of dying with aggression, did you see some of the footage that's coming out of Egypt oh lately? Oh, my God. Nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> some dying with aggression, my friend. Fuck yeah. Did you see the guy who drove a fucking backwards off the fucking bridge what no what oh there's like a, a fucking armored a, a atv or a armored fucking a humvee right and it's coming towards people and the people start rushing it 
And he goes backwards and he rolls that thing right off the, it was like a police Humvee. He rolled it off. He had to fall time at least six or seven stories. Oh, it was that high up. That is bad for him. Oh, I don't know that he made that it. That is not good for your health. I've heard that, <laughs> no. that zero out of 10 doctors recommend falling yeah. six stories. <laughs> it's like the worst ride at Great <laughs> The drop is awesome, but the, the landing's landing a bit sucks. on the rough side. Yeah, even if you're yeah. strapped in, like that's not helpful. That's yeah. not. <laughs> that didn't just cut you in right. half. You know, those are just those just now. Those are perma straps. Now they're yeah, just that's, in. Yeah, they become that's internal. Your body, you were using that to be alive. That's fucked up over there, though, man. That, like, I, yeah. and I and I gotta tell you, like, and we've talked about this. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like on the one side, like overthrowing a. You know, the Muslim Brotherhood, a, a strictly Islamist government, it's hard for me not to be like, well, yay. But then the other side is like, but they were also democratically elected. So I'm I'm like, yeah, torn. but then they're also, you know, but then they're also doing atrocities. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, it's it, 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 there's just no good way to do it. It's just there's it's just going to be a mucky mess over there, you know? Yeah. And then we're going to get an email from somebody. You, you don't know what's going, what's going on, on in like, Egypt. I, you don't the, know what's going on in Egypt. Look, I watched a goddamn YouTube video <laughs> taken in shaky video cam of a, bri- a guy falling off a bridge. I know everything that's happening over there. No, you guys there. don't know. In Egypt, when you fall off a bridge. No, fuck you. Okay, gravity still works. It's not. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> you can fall off bridges in Egypt. You don't know anything about the Middle East. Fuck. Uh, fuck. That's awesome. We could even we could make comments about how we don't know anything about a thing, and then we'll get corrections about it. Be like, and you'll still get pedantic right. comments well, about you know, how you really well, should. Actually, you do know a little. <laughs> <laughs> Satan is like a dragon, and so he is comparing the predator to us, Satan, as a dragon, and he uses that imagery because the people, you know, two thousand years ago would have understood the lethality that came with dragons. They understood that image. They understood how. How dangerous they were, and they were—they were just uh, their mortal enemies to just about everything. This story comes from the Huffington Post. Creationist Derek Isaacs, Isaacs, more than one Isaac, um, calls dragons <laughs> real. Says they lived in biblical times. You know, it's so funny because I just finished reading this book um, called "Mistakes Were Made, but Not by Us" or "Not by Me." I don't remember which. Um, and it's all about the theory of cognitive distance and self-justification and sort of how we construct a narrative of the world that it doesn't necessarily match the actuality of the world. And then we go through great pains to defend that narrative um, cognitively and oftentimes subconsciously. And so I've just finished reading this book and I find this fucking article and I'm like jumping up and down because that's exactly what this guy is doing. (laughs) He is such a biblical literalist that when he comes across dragons in the Bible, rather than saying like, well, man, the Bible must have been metaphorically referring to something else, or that's not a true. Instead, he's like, hmm, dragons must have been real then. <laughs> what I love, you want to talk about cognitive dissonance, let me read what this guy said. If dragons, in fact, were entirely mythological, if they were a figment of the imagination, and if they never did exist, then God just compared our adversary, and he's talking about Satan, to a make-believe creature that never existed. <laughs> he's pointing out how absurd the <laughs> argument is for us. I know. He's, he's basically saying, like, like, first off, you know, it's like, okay, Satan never did exist, bro. It's just like, okay, well, let's just fucking bang that one right out of the way. And, and uh, you know, it's just this perfect cognitive dissonance. That's exactly what it is. The... Uh, you know, if dragons were entirely mythological, 
What do you, what do you mean? If right. they were mythological. <laughs> like, show me a fucking, dra- ride into this interview on a fucking dragon's <laughs> back, and then I will believe that your dragons exist. Like, I'm looking at this, and I was just like, dude, the Pern books aren't real. Yeah, like, no they're kidding, just right? books, dude. Dragon Lance is not a it, real yeah, thing. exactly. It's, you're, I mean, like, shit doesn't breathe fire. That's right. not something that is, breathing fire? Are you, dragons? Dragons, dude! And yeah. you're such a literalist that you can't even accept the passing use of a metaphor. Like, that is how language works. Like, being right. a biblical literalist has to be the most fucking sad, depressing way to wake up and live your life. You're like, ugh, I can't bend at all. Let me look at this book. Oh, it still doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. What do I have to believe in now? <laughs> but I have to follow everything right. from it. Yeah, I, I you know the other thing that he's really sort of banging home here, and that's why I mentioned Satan with the dragon thing, is that what he's basically saying is that God warned us about Satan by comparing him to a dragon and like revelations and things. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? D- doesn't everybody know that Satan is bad? Like, why do you have to com- <laughs> compare? What do you fucking compare him to a fucking like a like a world-ending fucking asteroid or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, he's bad. It doesn't matter what you compare him to. Everybody knows it's not a fucking news flash. You know, like the ticker tape is coming out, and you're like, holy shit, Satan is bad. Story nine. Fucking fucking dragons. How do they work? What the fuck? Isaacs and the insane clown posse explain the Bible. That would be actually really awesome. I would watch that. If he had ICP paint on. <laughs> He's a fucking juggalo. That would be fucking spe- that would be truly spectacular to watch yeah. that like assemblage of idiocy like on a stage yeah. on some like you cuz I don't want to be there in person. So on, like a YouTube video no, or something. No. Yeah, like, just trying to I want to be able to fast forward through it. Just <laughs> desperately trying to wrap their heads around basic concepts, you know? Like you could yeah. like hand them just like a Brussels sprout and be like, "Go." And they just <laughs> Be like, be th- how does it work? <laughs> After five minutes, they're like butting their heads into each other like rams on yeah. a mountainside. They have no. Yeah. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this story comes from BuzzFeed.com, but I also saw it fucking everywhere this week. I know, it's everywhere delicious. It's awesome. Um, if you could fucking eat a story this week, it would taste like, well, aphid poop. People worship weeping tree in California. Tears are actually insect, insect excrement. And then I love underneath it, that's not holy water. <laughs> the best part about this story for me, Cecil, is how many, I read two or three articles of uh that covered the same thing and so many of the people were told like that's aphids like there's just it's just fucking aphids like the tree right down the street is doing the same thing like it's just aphids right and so many of them were like hey scientific explanation or spiritual i believe it's god and you're just like well why 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 what (laughs) well because i mean really that is what it is to be religious i mean you're confronted with facts and you deny them like that's that I think that's really the only way to be truly, you know, loyal to your religion. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, alter your view of religion 
to encompass actuality, right? To encompass reality, right. to say, you know, we're not a fucking geocentric orbit. We're not, you know, the only thing in the universe, et cetera, et cetera. You know, work your way up from there, cosmology-wise, biology-wise, et cetera. But if you do that, your version of God becomes less anthropomorphic, I think. I think you have to take your version of God and it gets shrunk down into something else every time. It becomes, God becomes the reason things exist but not a cognitive reason things exist. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're, you start to pull all these little pieces that we have used to make God into a human or anthropomorphizing. We've, you pull all those things away then. I think that's the only way. And like when we're talking about Unitarians or whatever, like that's like the only way to have a reality view and to still latch onto that God sure. view. Because if you, because it would mean you're really just denying reality at this point. I mean, what the, the, what does this person say? This person says, they can say this theory, that theory, the tree does this every year. It's odd when it happens when there are a bunch of people praying. When you are asking the Holy Spirit to reveal itself and, and this happens all of a sudden and it's still here. And I'm like, okay, that's a valid sentence if you fumigated the fucking tree. <laughs> you know, if you fucking put a bug bomb right? next to the tree and it's still shitting fucking honeydew on your face. By the way, I will say the aphids sap and it goes through the aphid. You pick a more delicious name for excrement. I know, right? Honeydew. As honeydew. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. I kind of like that idea. That sounds pretty good. I'll stand my fucking mouth open underneath it and just suck all of it in. No, but the idea here is like, you know, it's real simple. It's like if it, if you were the person to fumigate the tree or spray some insecticide on it and it was still doing it, then I'm with you. Okay, now that's something that the you know we can go. Okay, well, what's the what's the cause? Maybe we can find something in nature. Maybe it's fucking supernatural. But this is just a fucking tree. The fucking aphids shit out. And and Cecil, when he's saying like, hey, you know what's funny is that it happens when we pray. So he's saying he's basically acknowledging like, okay, there's there's an earthly explanation. But what you can't explain. This is how I read his his comment. What you can't explain. What's fucking tide goes in, tide goes out. Inexplicable, right? Like, yeah, is that when we all pray, that's when it starts like that's when they, you know, rain their delicious poop on our heads. So I'm thinking immediately. My first thought is that's your God. Your God can make bugs go poo. Like that yeah. is the extent of his mighty, mighty powers. <laughs> well, even let's just pretend that there's no bugs going poo. Let's say that their fucking theory that the tree, the tree is fucking crying. Whatever right. the fuck that is. First off, what a sad sack religion you have, where everything has to be we weeping. Think I know. Right? It's like, yeah. Why can't it be fucking uplifting? Why can't it be like fucking the tree is singing? Why doesn't the tree whatever? doing like jumping fucking, jacks? Yeah, you walk up and this tree singing fucking happy birthday or something. Like, that's a fucking good thing. Not, oh, the tree's so sad, it's going to cry on us. But anyway, like, let's presume that's real. It's like, what, you made a tree cry? That's what you did? You drowned the entire population of the earth, you fucker. Yeah, it's like, you're, you are, you have less magical powers than David fucking Copperfield. No you know kidding, what I mean? Like, right? that he can, can make get, the fucking Statue of Liberty fucking disappear. You can make a bug go poo. Like that's it. Like yeah. <laughs> you are, you are, you are Xlax. Like your god is Bug Xlax. Right, right. That's it. Like you're the Metamucil for bees. <laughs> Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus.
So this story is fucking infuriating. Um, this is from KHOU.com. KHUSTON.com. Houston pastor accused of molesting eight-year-old girl. Um, I know. There's no way. There's not even any news here. And the only reason that I even picked this story to send out in a tweet and in a Facebook post um, is because this shithead basically is saying like, well, I asked for forgiveness, so it's all good. Like, it's all, see, so it's a done deal. Yeah, yeah I may, he may have fucked an eight-year-old girl, but redemption is his. What people misunderstand, I think, about forgiveness, right? I don't think forgiveness is a bad thing. I actually think forgiveness is a helpful thing to people. And I don't think that the, the religious people should have a monopoly on forgiveness. I think that we should, as a society, forgive people if they look for it after they've done something wrong. I think admitting your mistakes and coming forward and being, you know, an adult about it and say, hey, look, I'm, you know, I, I, get, I made a mistake. Please forgive me. I think that's a good thing. And I don't think that that's a, that's a religious thing that, you know, that they should have a, you know, some sort of fucking monopoly on it. That being said, that doesn't mean you don't get to face justice. You know what I mean? Like you can be sorry about it, but that doesn't mean that you could, you, you, everybody just forgets it. You have to, you know, in order to be forgiven, you know, people have to have, they have to mete out some sort of punishment on you. I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's outrageous or unbelievable. I think, look, you fucking, you diddled an eight-year-old. What do you think would just be like, oh, you're, you're sorry? Oh, sure, no problem. Hey, you want to go get some ice cream at the ice cream truck with us then? Right. You know, I, I actually, I actually feel a little bit differently about this. I, you know, I think, I think honestly that forgiveness and redemption is a problem with religiosity. Um. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a positive feature because I think it comes too cheap and too easy. Um, often, you, here you've got somebody who fucked an eight year old girl. That is monstrous. That's an eight year old girl, dude. That's a fucking second grader. That is a right. Absolutely, dude, it's monstrous. A, and th- yeah. this idea that he can forgive himself because that's what repentance is, right? There's no right, outside right. force forgiving you. No, but I'm not talking about forgiveness of yourself. I'm talking about forgiveness. I'm saying the reason why I say forgiveness is a good thing is because forgiveness allows me as the person's victim's friend or mother or father to re- to not carry around a big bag of hate for the rest of I my see. life and be burdened by this yeah. hate. This this because it's it's now my problem again. It becomes it compounds the problem. It doesn't help anyone if I carry around this level of vitriol for this person for the rest right. of my life. It helps me to forgive the people who have done wrong to me because it makes me a better person. That's the that's the level. I don't care about this guy asking. Right. Okay, so I misunderstood what you were saying then because like you know like this guy is basically saying like well he got caught he didn't deny it he didn't come forward and confess it you know he got caught first. Like, that's what happened. Like, he motherfucker got yeah. caught. No, right? yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't asking for forgiveness while he was, right, you because know, he, balls deep in this of girl. Course, right. And that's how this always works. It's like, oh, I got caught. Well, you know, I'd like to repent now. Really? Then now is when you want to repent. Now you want to repent because it's cheap and easy. Now you want to repent yeah. because now it's it's the turning point where you're forced to make a, a choice and see yourself for the fucking horrifying monster that you are. And if you can repent, and if you think that there's a higher power you're repenting to, then this motherfucker gets to forgive himself. He gets, you're, I agree with you actually about the idea of like the victim's family and what have you, and the victim themselves being able to forgive. I, that, 
that actually hadn't occurred to me. And that's a good, that's a, that's a positive social benefit for forgiveness. But this idea that this guy gets to be absolved in his own mind or in his emotional state, like he gets to be absolved for fucking an eight year old girl. Like you don't ever get to be absolved from that. He says like in this article, like he made a, a mistake. He made a bad, a poor decision. It's not a mistake. It's, and this isn't even a poor decision. It's a malicious act. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a malicious act. I mean, there's, you can't, Take that away right. from that. A, a mistake would be like, you know what? I didn't. It was two in the morning, and you know, I didn't see anybody, so I turned right on red when I wasn't supposed to, and I got pulled over. Bad call, you know. Probably stupid of me to do. That's you know, it's like a meaning, but like fucking an eight year old girl. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? That's crazy. And this idea that he can repent, he shouldn't get that. Like he's like his religious structure should not give him an opportunity to repent. He should just look at himself like I'm fucked. Oh man. Because I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're right. And this is part of the article here. It says, on February 8th, a church member saw something that made her uneasy. The woman told investigators that she saw the pastor coming out of the bathroom late one night. And, and he, being stunned, acted rudely toward her. Then she saw a little girl in the bathroom with her pants and underwear down. Ugh. The woman asked what, was, what he was doing to the girl, and the pastor said he was just helping her go to the restroom. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, these pastors have such cute names for sex, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They've got a euphemism for everything. They really do. I, I do think, you know, and I, and I don't know if we're going to get mail about the forgiveness thing. But I do think, you know, I, I think that, you know, as a human being, you've got to be able to forgive yourself. But I, I also agree with you that, you know, the idea of somebody doing this after the fact, it's like, I don't know if you remember the categorical imperative mm-hmm. with Kant, though. You know what I mean? Like where you're talking about, you're talking about this, you know, you only do things moral if they benefit you. And the only way to tell if they don't benefit you is if you do something moral that does not benefit you. So him repenting before and making a public statement and coming out before anyone else caught him, that may be something that you could say, okay, this guy obviously had some problems with his conscience. Now we try him and do all that stuff. He's still an awful monster, but we're going to do something to make sure. Then I, I might believe it. Right. But at this point, I can't believe it because you it's after the fact. That's exactly you know what I mean? right. It's not going to be humanly possible for anyone to commit fornication with my daughters. And you know what? You're laughing, but I'm not kidding. Because my, I'm not going to, you say, well, what about when they go get a job? Uh, they're not going to get a job. Why would my daughters go get a job? What do they need a job for? You know what? I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to pay their bills. And you know what? When I'm done paying for them, their husband's going to pay for them. And I hope that he doesn't, uh, you know, fail in his responsibility to provide and send them off to work or something. But you know what? At that point, it's none of my business. At that point, it's not my responsibility. But you know what? When I pass off my daughters unto their husband, I'm going to be able to guarantee that they're a virgin because I'm going to make it to where it's not even humanly possible. Because I'm not going to have them out gallivanting around town. I'm not going to have them going off to work. And you say, well, why the double standard? Uh, Because everything in the Bible is a double standard? Because I'm not a feminist? Because men and women are different? Because my sons are going to be taught to be independent. My daughters are going to be taught not to be independent. My sons are going to be taught to go out and work hard and make a living. My daughters are going to be taught to be a homemaker. 
okay? You don't like that? Well, whatever. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? The Bible says that women should be keepers at home, obedient to their husbands, all that. You know, like it or lump it, that's what the Bible teaches. And I don't want my daughters going out and getting a career and going to college and hanging around with a bunch of guys. So this story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog, and I, I gotta say, I love Pastor Stephen Anderson of the Faithful Word Baptist Church in Tempe, Arizona, because he is so crazy all the time. <laughs> and, and a lot of times I'll see stories where he's saying something or doing something, and I'll just let him pass by because he's just, he's just one guy, right? But sometimes he's so fucking delightfully left field that he simply has to make it to the show. Um, in this case... His, he's saying that his sons will be taught to be independent. His daughters will be taught not to be independent. Um, and he is just absolutely crazy. Like, he's got that, like, lock your daughters in a tower mindset. Yep. Um, you know, and guard them against Like Like, this motherfucker wants to fill the fucking moat with dragons. That's what he wants. He wants to borrow some of Isaac's dragons and fill a moat full of them to stick his daughters in. So that they can, so that they can, as he says, like later on, become their husband's problem later. He's so awesomely crazy, Cecil. How shitty would it be? Because it's not just him, right? Because he has a, a group of people that are there. So people are listening to him. And they're agreeing with him. If you listen to this, you can hear they're laughing and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I agree with you or whatever. So there's people in the audience that agree with him. That if they had daughters, they would do this too. Why would you give your daughter so little chance to succeed in life? You are basically carving out one thing that she can do and that's it. Because your book, written by people that were tribal nomadic people thousands of years ago, tells you that this is how things should be. Where, you know, there's no way that the people who wrote that book or a god that wrote that book even could take into account the level at which our society is, our technology is, et cetera, they're just, they're stuck in the Bronze Age and they're going to basically shoehorn their child into a life that they had choose for them. I mean, imagine if you spun this around and it was the boys he was talking about. It's like, my boys are going to be uh, shoemakers and that's it. Right. That's all they get to be. They get to be one thing. They don't get a choice in anything else. And if they try to do anything else... That's just not going to happen. It's going to be physically impossible because I'm going to put them in shoemaking fucking school <laughs> in eighth grade, and they're never going to leave shoemaking school, shoemaking. and they're going to be fucking cobblers. That's what they're going to be for the rest of their life. Like, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But the fact is, is he's saying the women will be homemakers. They are not going to have a – he laughs out loud when he says they're not going to have any career, career, what's that? They're going to be homemakers. He's like, you, you don't like that? Well, that's – that's you know, he's like, that's what the Bible teaches. And you're like, okay, well, your fucking Bible basically tells you to subjugate your own daughter into a thing whether or not she likes it or not. That's not – I mean, what the fuck kind of relationship is that with your own fucking flesh and blood? You know, and, like, let's extrapolate that out to everybody. Like, we're, we're talking about – let's, let's keep rolling. Like, you know, like, let's imagine that everybody did the same thing. Like, universal yeah, is this a good thing? Is this something that is going to yield the highest net positive benefit? Is this – so if we said to, to all women across the entire world, you know, half of our population – 
gets to be you. homemakers. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, you, you, not me, because I'm a man, so I can do whatever the fuck I want, right? Like, I can go be a fucking astronaut, or I can go to fucking shoemaking boarding school. I have options, you know? <laughs> shoemaking boarding school? I have options. You, however, <laughs> fucking make me a casserole, because there's nothing more 1950s than a casserole. So, like, right. <clears throat> if we did that, we're basically taking the brain trust of the entire world and cutting it in half. Like, let's take all the talents, like, all the creative and intellectual energies of the entire world and divide them by two. Why would you want that? Like, what possible world can you look at and say, you know what? We've got all the problems in the world licked. We don't have any energy problems. We don't have any environmental concerns. We don't have geopolitical concerns. We don't have any production issues that we need to work on. Not all those fucking shit is solved. Every economy is perfect. Everyone lives in joy and harmony. And you know why? Because we get to take half our population and say, go make a baby and uh, a food. That's how you yeah. solve problems. That's not how you solve problems. That's how you exponentially create problems. This, like this, this is not like, and everybody in the congregation like laughs, you know, they're like, yeah. you know, he says things like, <clears throat> and you say, what if you don't like the guy they're dating? They're not going to be dating a guy I don't like. A guy I don't like is going to get his face punched in. Wow. Ha 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 ha. It's so funny for a grown man to assault a teenager. That's hilarious. Hilarious. And he says right out loud, Tommy says, because my sons are going to be taught to be independent. My daughters are going to be taught not to be independent. And I keep thinking, I'm like, what if one of his daughters is, you know, basically, I mean, you know, like one, a couple of women that I really respect, two women, I'm going to name them both, Condoleezza Rice and Elizabeth Warren. What if either one of his daughters was one of those people? You know, it's like, you know what? The fucking contribution you could have had to society, which could have been unbelievably immense, and you could have still had a kid, and you could have still raised him as a Catholic or whatever. The whatever it's not Catholic; it's fucking nutter, right. whatever it's nutter not- fucking religion you are. You know, you could have raised him as as Nutterberry, and, and would, everything would have been great. And you still could have had this level of accomplishment that you know is you know practically unrivaled in our time. But you know what? Sorry, I didn't teach him how to be independent. Right. I didn't teach him to think. I taught him how to sh- fucking shit babies out of their vagina. Right. Great. That's fucking great. Mm. You know, you're a fucking, this guy's worthless. He's basically fucking, like you said, he's fucking, he's turning down the intelligence of half of the fucking people in the world. He would do that in a second if he had the power to do it. He would do it in a second. So, Cecil, this story comes from 9msn.com. A Muslim preacher is wanted in connection with acid attacks on two British teenagers in Zanzibar. He was shot by the police but not captured. Um, This story, you know, the thing I want to talk about with this story is Nobody's going to come to your shitbag fucking mud hole countries and try to help people if you keep throwing acid on them. Like, that's not no one's going to want to do that. Like, these are these are girls who are giving up their time. They're they're These are girls that live in Colorado Springs. Like they live in a nicer fucking place than Zanzibar. They live in a nicer place. They have a higher standard of living. They came over to your fucking country to try to help people. 
And your fucking religious text looks at those girls as, you know, temptress harlots or whatever fucking bullshit. And you throw fucking acid in their face. No one's going to want to help you. Like, everybody's going to start, like, if you, if you fucking keep doing this shit, no one's going there anymore. The U.S. just, or uh, uh, Doctors Without Borders just pulled out of Somalia this week. Right. Yeah, I saw that. No one's going to help you. You fucking people need the help. All is not roses. I think, I think though, Tom, I think this is a, ca- this is a strategy on their part. This is a smart strategy because, one, they don't want the help because what the help comes you know, we talk about it all the time. With the help comes knowledge, right? They see Doctors Without Borders here. They get a chance to talk to these doctors. They get a chance to see that there's women there. There's, you know, there's people there that have a life outside of, you know, fucking shit now kids, right? So that they get a chance to see, oh my gosh, you know, this isn't this isn't all there is. This isn't the only life I have to leave where I fucking dig a fucking mud hole every day or whatever, <laughs> you know? So they get to see this sort of thing. They see these two young girls come in, intelligent young girls who are there to teach people. They don't want their fucking young girls to fucking emulate these other girls. They don't want that at all. They would much rather live in a fucking shitty shithole country, like you say, with no help whatsoever from the outside, as long as they could subjugate the people that they want to subjugate. This is a perfectly calculated attack. What they need to do is fucking, I don't, you know, I don't really know what they need to do, but I'll tell you, this is, I I, I totally agree with you about staying out of there because it's not worth a volunteer's life. It's not worth walking around the rest of your life with these fucking horrible scars on your neck and, and face because some jagoff doesn't want, uh, you know, his daughters. This is this guy is basically the guy we just talked about in the previous story. He is, man. He's exactly what he is. He's looking at these girls and he's fucking furious that they're not at home fucking being housewives, that they're walking around and that they're happy and that they are autonomous and that they have contributions to give to the world. And those contributions are here of all fucking places in his country. Fucking like you say, like thumbing their fucking nose at this oppressive, hierarchical, religious bullshit system that they've put into place. Yeah. And so what better thing to do than to dis and not even to kill them, but to disfigure and burn them. It's yeah, such a symbolic right. attack. The acid attack is is a violent and cruel, but it's such a symbolic attack. It's such a sexist attack. And and they do this shit, and it's like my very first thought is like, well, then fuck you. Like that's like somebody like coming to your house to help put your house out. Like your house is fucking on fire. And somebody's like, hey, I got some water. And you're like, mm, fuck off. And you stab him in the eye. Like that's just a fucking – it's just evil. <laughs> It's just evil. Like, you're just an evil fucking person. Like, like a beautiful woman comes over, like, out of her house, and she's, like, running over. She's like, oh, your house looks like it's on fire. Let me help you. You're like, you're not dressed conservatively, stab. So we're going to take a break, and then you're going to listen to some other stuff. And then we're going to come back, and you'll listen to this again. I'm sorry. Want to get in touch with the show? Send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Like the podcast page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash dissonance pod, or just type cognitive dissonance into the Facebook search bar. Want your voice featured on our show? Leave a short message on our Google voice, 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Visit dissonancepod.com to see the news stories featured in the show, buy apps and merchandise, or just leave a comment. And to everyone who helps spread the word about the show by sharing it, tweeting it, and rating it on iTunes, Glory Hole, you fucking rock. 
So this story comes out of the BBC. HIV patients told by Pentecostal pastors to rely on God. Some young HIV patients are giving up their medicine after being told by Pentecostal church pastors to rely on faith in God instead of medicine. Holy shit, is that evil. Isn't that, a, isn't that a prosecutable offense, though? I can't understand how this isn't. It is so obviously directly harmful. Like, there's, like this is a, it's 2013. There are very good drugs now. Like, it's not 1986. There are very good drugs that help HIV-positive patients lead uh, longer, much longer, much less sick, much more satisfying lives. You know, the cure for AIDS is not here, but treatments for HIV are, they've, I mean, they've just exploded. It's, there are ways that, especially young HIV-positive people can li- expect to live long and reasonably healthy lives on some of these drugs to turn all that away yeah. for a book. <laughs> I personally think, you know, you should be, they, they should be held responsible mainly because like, what if they told people like, like if they told people to murder someone else or if they told them to start cutting or if they told them to, you know, stop eating or something like that. Like you, I think there's blame there. Because you're coming from a position of authority, right? That authority of God told me this thing. And if you're coming from that position of authority, you know, your words carry weight. They carry weight and you need to take responsibility for that authority that you're wielding. And, you know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because that's, you know, it's a you fucking would get arrested for that. It's like criminal mischief or something. You know, this, I think, is the exact same thing. You're using an authority and you're wielding it and people are getting injured and hurt from it. It's the same thing. I feel the exact same way when fucking parents don't take care of their kids and they start praying over them when their fucking limbs are falling off. You're just like, fucking, he's not a chameleon. He's not going to grow that shit back. It's a fucking human being. Stop. Fucking take him to the doctor. But instead, these people are like, oh, well, HIV, they'll, they'll be fine. You know, you don't need your fucking medication for that. Without the medication, it's a death sentence. That's what it is. There's nobody that's like fucking, yeah, man, I stopped taking my meds and I've been, I've been off them for like 25 years. Right. No. That's a short conversation. They've been off them for a few months. You're, you're exactly right that, that this, this should be the same as if, as if somebody came to a doctor and said, you know, I have a fucking bullet wound. And the doctor's like, mm, rub some poop in it. Right? <laughs> like, and then the guy ends up septic and dies. And you're like, well, what yeah. happened? Well, I don't know. That authority figure told him to rub poop in it. Like you, yeah. that's a terrible, it's just the worst <laughs> advice. It's the worst possible advice. This is not it like, is. it's not like, like writing into dear Abby, like dear Abby, you know, <laughs> I have AIDS. What should I do? Uh, stop taking your drugs and pray. Why can't you take the drugs and pray? I don't know why people can't do one or the other. Why do you need to like, why are you so insecure about your God? Because like, it's not that hard to develop a narrative where God helped people find those drugs, right? Like if that's what you want to do, you know, let's go back to the cognitive dissonance thing, like creating a narrative of self we can believe. So like if, if you have this idea that you've got an interventionist God who's all knowing and all powerful and all loving, and you also see that people have AIDS and HIV, and there's some conflict there because that's a little awkward. And then you see that people have developed these antiretroviral drugs, which are you know, tremendously successful in cocktail in, in helping people lead much better lives than they had ever been able to leave in the 40 fucking years since this disease has sort of come to the forefront. 
It's not that hard to develop a story where God fucking intervened to help those drugs get made. It's not that hard. Here, let me tell it to you. One time, there weren't these drugs. Then God said, now there's going to be these drugs. And he fucking intervened. And now there's these drugs. It's a short story. It's got one chapter and I just said it. You're an atheist. Give me a fucking break, Michael. This story also comes from the Friendly Atheist blog. After getting rejected from a soup kitchen, the upstate atheists have found another way to help the homeless. That's great. Um, But that they even had to find another way to help the homeless... I know. Kind of makes me sick, Cecil. Yeah, this is this is one of those stories that I read and I could not believe. I was like, wait a minute. So this, basically they go in, there's this uh, soup kitchen down in uh, Spartansburg, South Carolina. And the upstate atheists have been a very busy group there doing a lot of great charitable work. They adopted a highway. They do Habitat for Humanity. They, uh, they do a garden project. And then they wanted to go to this soup kitchen. And they went in and they said, hey, can we wear our shirts? Because they have atheists on there. And this, they said, no, you don't have permission to wear your shirts. And then they basically said, okay, fine, we won't wear our shirts. And then they asked the director. Um, and then the director said, we are not we are not welcome to volunteer at the Spartanburg Soup Kitchen because it is a place of God and they knew our motivations. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's basically what she said. Uh, what fucking motivations? What, to help people out? What, is that a bad thing? Isn't that what you're doing? Helping people out? So the fucking, they did an awesome thing. They decided, you know what, fine. How about we just make care packages that are about 15 bucks. They give socks, gloves, toothpaste, hand sanitizer, snacks, mini flashlights, lip balm, ponchos, etc., to the homeless people to prepare for winter. And they can use, they're going to be able to use these things. They've already made about 30 packages right now. They want to make a lot more. So here's the thing. They have a, it's either a Kickstart Indiegogo. They have an Indiegogo campaign. What Tom and I are going to do, right now, they only have $473 of their total $2,000 goal, which is, I mean, gosh, we should, this should be able to be taken care of, no problem. I mean, $2,000 is not a lot of money when you come down to it, especially spreading this across an entire atheist community. So what Tom and I are willing to do right now is we will match the first $50 one of our any of our listeners contribute. So if people donate 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you want to donate, if you decide to donate to this, we're going to put a link on this episode 112 so go, you can go there to this Indiegogo campaign. You can donate if you donate, send us proof that you donated. We will match up to $50 of our own money here to, to send to these people. We encourage you, if you were thinking about donating to the show this week, we encourage you not to donate to our show this week. Instead, we encourage you to donate to this instead. So well, let's all try to help the homeless out a little bit. Let's all try to send a little bit of money. Hopefully, these, these people are putting in the time. We're just putting in a little extra cash to help them out. So I think that's not that hard of a thing to do. So let's, let's see if we can come together and see if we can get that over up to close to that $2,000 mark. The military needs Christian chaplains, and the military needs Christian uh, high school kids to enlist and, and to go to college and be officers. And if, if the Christians are driven out of the military, I think that is one of the goals of the atheist left, is to get rid of all the Christians in the military so they can take over. Well, now we see the Obama administration is stockpiling uh, armored personnel carriers and the uh, Department of Homeland Security, billions of rounds of ammunition, 
Who are they going to use that against? If there's no Christians serving in the government, eventually that's all going to be turned against us. So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Klingerschmidt. That's a name you can trust. <laughs> this guy is awesome. This is that guy who wears a... I love his outfits because it's that suit coat with a fucking t-shirt. That's awesome. That's the, that's the choice of trustworthy individuals everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Steve Obama Jobs. Obama creating atheist military to attack Christians. The atheist left, Klingerschmidt, who I could say that fucking name all day long, claims, wants to get rid of all the Christians in the military so they can take over. Now we see the Obama administration is stockpiling armored personnel carriers. And it, how do you stockpile those? And the Department of... Do you have to stack them on top of each other? He's like a pantry full of armored personnel carriers. He's got a shelf. Right. Just like, like, we, need to get, we need to get one down off the top. Can you get that one down off the top? It's an armored personnel carrier. It's a little heavy. Can you just, I got that grabby yeah. arm thing, but it doesn't... Yeah. It's too... I break them all every time. <laughs> it's not a stockpiling. I just collect them. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, but and the Department of Homeland Security has billions of rounds of ammunition. Billions. Billions, billions and billions. Who are they going to use that against? If there's no Christians serving in the government, eventually it's all going to be turned against us. Hi, Obama's a Christian. <laughs> what is us? Who is the us? How, I just want to know, like, in your fucking crazy worldview... How does this work? Like, from a practical, like, from a logistics perspective, how are we going to kill all the Christians? And, like, it, what? How would you do that? It's most everybody. <laughs> that is a very unpopular well, Tom, for- thing to do in a democracy. Yeah, but you're forgetting about the very, very vocal and mobile atheist left, as right. he says. So the atheist left will go out and persecute these Christians. I kept on wondering, like, what kind of persecution could you possibly face from the minority? Like, what is the like, what are they going to be like? You're a duty head. OK, but there's like fucking 80 percent of the fucking population is not. Atheist right. more than that. <laughs> Let's let's break this down to something people can can relate to, right? Because like 370 million people spread across 50 states is ridiculous. So let's let's think about this in terms of a high school, and the high school has I don't know 1,000 students, a nice round number. That's amazing. They stopped enrollment exactly. Like sorry, you guys don't get educations. Um, So 800 of them are Christians. 200 of them are not. Of the 200 that are not. Not all of those are atheists. So let's say 120 of those, let's be generous, are atheists. 120 versus 800. Let me just check that out real quick. The 800 are going to kick their ass. Like if they have like a fucking, like if they fucking get together like the outsiders style and fucking pony boy and buddies are there and they're like going to rumble in the fucking park at night. It's 120 versus 800. The 120 never win. I just looked it up, so we're, we're actually overestimating. As of 2012, a majority of Christians, 73 to 76% identify themselves as Christian. Okay. So a majority of Americans identify themselves as Christian. I, I don't know if I said Christians, but a, more, a majority of Americans identify themselves as Christian. So, and we're talking 76. So even if it's 73, that's still 730 right. of them. Which is still an, an immense it's amount. So many. Of them. It's so <laughs> many. 
Like, unless you're fucking, I don't know, trying to hold the hot gates at Thermopylae, you're going to get beat. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way. Like, you have shields and fucking spears. Maybe you could withstand. Well, if you had the but magic other than that, helmet, I'm, I'm be all right. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. It's funny here. I, I, I just think it's awesome that he's like, Obama. Somehow it's like Obama's going to do that. And it's like the atheist left. Like, what does he think we do? Like, we get up every morning and like fucking pray to Obama. Like, we go to our Obama list and like we pray. <laughs> if you pray at the Obama list, I think you have to pray at the Barack of Dawn, That's though, don't you? That's awesome. <laughs> Barack, come on. Great. It's the Barack of Dawn. I, I like that. Yeah, you don't even think Puns it's funny. Puns don't Who make me kidding? laugh out loud. You are an I'm asshole is what you are. <laughs> it was a good pun, though. It was a good pun. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't but bad. Obama's a Christian. I know. That's the other thing. <laughs> He's a Why would? So even if the atheist left was enslaved to him in some way. Yeah, then the right made such a big deal about his pastor. During the election right. cycle, the first one, they made such a big deal about his pastor at his Christian church. But now right. he's an atheist? Well, you know, the thing is, is he may be, but publicly he said he's a right. Christian. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like he has declared he's a Christian. So according to you and according to your fucking crazy fucking not it rule or whatever <laughs> the fuck, when you say I am a Christian and I believe in God, you should fucking take people at their word for that. You know, it's odd. Because I right. do. Exactly. How else are you going to decide who to shoot with your armored personnel carrier? Well, yeah, that's. Well, you actually, what you do is you eject the armor personnel carrier out of an armor personnel gun. Shooting so just shoot. Uh, you, yeah, it's like a, that's where the millions of bullets are. They're just giant right. personnel carriers that you shoot. The only at way for this to work is for all the Christians to get together, like in a big thing, and just be like, "We are all here to sing Kumbaya," and then the evil atheists all line up with billions of rounds of ammunition from the Department of Homeland Security and just. Like massacre them, like, but they have to identify just, who they were and all be yeah. in one place and not resist. Yes. But the most heavily right. armed part of the United States are the fucking nutter Christians in the South that all have like a hundred guns. Seriously, they have like a hundred guns each. I checked; it's a hundred <laughs> each. Our esteemed Secretary of State said that climate change is our challenge, a challenge to our responsibilities as the safeguarders of God's creation. The safeguarders. It would obviously be the safeguardians. The safeguarders. So John Kerry says that climate change is a challenge to our responsibility as the safeguarders of God's creation. What about God's creation called a fetus? So Rush Limbaugh is being awesome oh, again because he's awesome. This is from the contributor.com. Limbaugh, if you believe in God, you can't believe in climate change. Well, fair enough. OK, <laughs> fair enough. All right. You, you know, I, I like too that like here I can just imagine like a Christian sitting there like, but wait a minute. Climate change is demonstrably real. <laughs> so if I believe in climate change, then like you've shaken my faith. Yeah, no kidding, right? I, I love too. He says he says you must either uh, you must be either agnostic or atheistic to believe that a man controls something he can't create. And I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, isn't like cooking or 
brewing or farming or fucking animal fucking husbandry? <laughs> Isn't that all <laughs> controlling something we don't create? I can train a dog. Isn't fucking like, yeah, exactly, right? Like, it's like, uh, you control it. Right. The fucking cooking is a perfect example, right? I am controlling things that I did not create. I didn't create the flour, the eggs, the milk, the melted butter, the sugar, and the fucking baking powder to make pancakes. I didn't fucking make any of that, but I controlled it to make another thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I control my wife, but hey, yes. Oh. Well, you're talking about like animal husbandry even. Just like I fucking control this fucking hawk to go get me a food. Right, right. Or a fucking pack of dogs or whatever. It's like we've been doing it for – that's what humans do. That's what makes us different. Yeah, it, it, it's it, – this no, – no no set of words that he strings together to form a half-hearted sentence in this diatribe of idiocy makes sense for even one moment. Um, I'm going to read some of this to you because you actually can't mock this better than he mocks this. Oh, no, no. What about God's creation called a fetus? <laughs> yeah, what about that, Cecil? Um, see, in my humble opinion, folks, if you believe in God, then intellectually, you cannot believe in man-made global warming. You must be either agnostic or atheistic to believe in man controls something we can't create. The vanity! These people, on the one hand, we're no different than a mouse or a rat. If you listen to the animal rights activists, we are the pollutants of the planet. If it weren't for humanity, the military environmentalist wackos, the earth would be pristine and wonderful and beautiful and nobody would see it. According to them, we are not all as entitled to life on this planet as other creatures because we are destroying it. But how can we destroy it when we're no different from the lowest life forms? What the fuck are you talking about? We can destroy it by, I don't know, the many ways we're currently destroying it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Look around. How can we destroy it? Well, let's see. How can a mouse destroy the planet? Well, let's see. Does a mouse burn hydrocarbons for fuel? No. Oh, <laughs> mice don't burn hydrocarbons for fuel. No, mice just fucking eat grain shit and die young. That's what they fucking do. Yeah. Well, you know what? Guess what? Like, people would not be able to destroy the earth if we lived in a hunter-gatherer society and our populations were kept in check by predators. That's something we wouldn't be able to fucking do. But when we build fucking power plants and cars and jet planes and shoot ourselves to the moon and land little buggies on Mars and roam around to see what's up, the ball game fucking changes, fatty. A little bit. A little bit. And, you know, it's funny, too, because I've never seen, like, a mouse offshore drilling platform. I've never. Like, I mean, maybe it exists. Maybe, like, fucking Secret and Nim is, like, a real thing, right? Where they have, like, underground societies. And they, like, fight. Right. They have like a mouse EPA where the mice come over like, wait a minute, you can't be doing that <laughs> here. Mouse hard hats, they'd be so yeah. cute. <laughs> so adorable. They're so cute. Every now and again, a bird eats one of them. It's terrible. Yeah. It's like the president of Mouseville is making a speech <laughs> and a hawk just eats him. <laughs> we go through more prisons. Wait, when did we decide it's Mouseville? <laughs> so anyway, like I love this thing though because he's saying – you know, I'm, I'm going to repeat a little bit of what you, about what you said, but he said, according to them, we are not entitled to life on this planet as other creatures because we destroy it. I'm thinking that's the biggest straw man I've ever heard. I've never heard anybody say that human beings shouldn't be here. Like, I've never heard the environmental argument that's like, you know, what we really need to do is just kill ourselves. 
because that's the best thing for the planet. I, if I met that person, I would think they're just as crazy as right. you think they're crazy. Right. Like I would be like, you are just as insane as anything like that I've ever heard from the other far side of this argument, right? So the people that are on the crazy end that are just basically like, yeah, you know what we need to do is we need to exterminate all human life and then the planet will be better. Those people are crazy yes. too. Don't characterize every environmental argument as that argument because it's stupid to do that. That's like characterizing everybody who's kind of against global warming as somebody who is as fucking stupid and crazy as Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 looking at an extreme like it's it's denying the continuum, you know, like it's it's looking at it being like, well, if you think human beings are going to destroy the environment, then there shouldn't be any human beings. All right, Jerry Seinfeld, fucking settle down. Yeah, no kidding, right? right? What's the deal with human beings? <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this is the story of the fucking week. This might be the story of the fucking year. This is from the raw story. It's also from everywhere else. Fed up with homosexuality, religious family takes leap of faith and immediately gets lost at sea. I fucking love this. These dipshits from fucking Arizona. Ah, uh, yes. The great seafaring state of Arizona. <laughs> Such a grand tradition. What port city did they come <laughs> from? <laughs> Such a grand tradition of mariners out of Arizona. Um, they they got so fed up with uh, the, the state of things in this country with abortion and homosexuality, taxes, yeah. and the state-controlled yeah. church. They decided to just... Get on an island and go to Giribati, which is a, a series of, of small islands in Micronesia. I don't even... What? How do you get there? And they packed up their fucking little kids, like little, little kids, like an infant. Yeah. Like a three-year-old and right. an infant. And they got on a boat that they don't know how to sail across the ocean. This was a good idea from step yeah. one. <laughs> they ended up lost in the Pacific for 91 days. What is that? Is that that's not a three hour tour. That's a three month tour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, too. It's like during the voyage, their boat, their boat was damaged by squall after squall after squall. And I kept thinking, was the tiny ship tossed? At all? <laughs> we should have brought the professor. Yeah, the professor and, and Mary. We could have made a fucking a fucking telephone out of coconuts. <laughs> I like this too. It says an Arizona family was fed up with abortion, homosexuality, taxes, and, and the state controlled church. And they, they basically left it. I'm thinking, were they also fed up with navigation and food? I know, right? Yeah. Like, I can't take it anymore with this state controlled church that isn't real. I got to get out of here, get on the ocean, and, and well, I'm not sure what's going to yeah, happen I'm, next because I don't yeah. know how to sail across the ocean. Yeah. You know, at one point, this story is so fraught with just hilarity. At one point, a Canadian cargo ship spotted them, offered them supplies, but instead it just bumped into them and fucked up their boat. <laughs> that is fucking yeah. awesome. And I, I read, too, like I read other stories where they were like, yeah, well, we were, never, we were never really nervous. We trusted God. Like, you trusted God? You got lost for three months on the open ocean. The end result is that you had to hitch a ride from Chile back home. You failed. You trusted God and God fucking ignored you. That is what happened. You were like, well, we'll just let God see us through. God didn't see you through, stupid. Yeah, no kidding. God let you do. God was going to let you and your fucking baby die in the ocean. God rammed a fucking boat into you. I know. Like he, like he was sitting in the goddamn bathtub and he was playing with two little boats and he slammed one into the other. That's what fucking <laughs> happened. 
God hit you with squall after squall yeah. after squall. God also hit you with incompetence. And then these guys who are so fed up with all things U.S. government, right? Who do they hit your ride home from? The U.S. Embassy gets called to arrange for them to be flown home. Yeah, but they have to. The, the, the thing is that they're not mentioning is that they have to swear allegiance to the state-controlled church before they'll fly them oh, back. right. Yeah, yeah, they have so, to put their hands on the state-controlled yeah, Bible. And they have to say, I love homos. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have an abortion. Yeah. And I'm going to have an abortion right now. And if you can't have an abortion, right just kill your baby. Yeah, no. <laughs> The only way to appease the fucking atheist left is to kill your baby. Blah, ha, ha, ha. Bring me another baby, hoagie. Give her another 10 fucking days on the ocean. She would have killed her fucking baby. And eaten it. You know what I mean? Right. Give me a break. That's the, I mean, that really is, you know, I, I get if somebody wants to do this on their own, right? There's that, isn't there a movie where a guy goes up into fucking Alaska in a fucking RV or something and he gets stuck and then he fucking dies up there because he eats the wrong berry or something? Yeah, I think Into the Wild. Yeah, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're a jag-off and you want to go do that, <laughs> good for you. Go be a jag-off and be fucking bear food. I do not care one bit what you do, right? Right. You are by yourself. You're a fucking grown-ass person. You can do whatever the fuck you want. The moment you take your fucking newborn and your two-year-old out on the fucking choppy seas Gilligan I'm gonna have a fucking problem because these kids don't have a choice they don't have a choice to fucking decide that they don't want to go with you they're stuck fucking seasick for the next three months because you're an asshole you don't get to do that to other people they should be charged I don't know how they're not being charged and why would they think that the fucking the great nation of Kiribati would welcome them with open arms like welcome what do you bring us I don't know, four hungry mouths. What do you got? I'm fucking clearly incompetent. Like, why would you even be welcome? Like, you're a fucking illegal immigrant. Hey, guys, this is Chris from Milwaukee. Just calling to say congratulations on your 100th and L. I think we're up to uh, episode. And I just wanted to say uh, I had a little combination for the Muslim call to prayer. And uh, it would be... A long voicemail, a long voicemail, a long voicemail. Thanks. So we got a little bit of email here, and uh, we want to talk about it. So Cameron sent an email, and uh, and he said he likes that you know we laugh and talk and kid around and whatnot, and we like that we laugh and talk and kid around because this podcast wouldn't exist if Tom and I were not allowed to laugh <laughs> and fucking be ourselves. But in any case, there is a joke that he told Tom, and we both thought it was hilarious. How should the priest know the boy is too young when he has to make airplane sounds to get his cock in the mouth? <laughs> the meanest shit ever oh god oh child molestation jokes we don't go to any new lows really into that's, the hangar that's it like, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> here comes the plane so uh more ways than one so um <laughs> we also got an email from matt and uh matt says congratulations on reaching your 111th episode i will draw one sixth of the devil and uh, hopefully seeing the finished product will, will be uh, enough of an incentive to encourage you to make another 505 episodes so we can reach our 666th. We just got this week our 666th review on iTunes. We want to thank everybody who rates us on iTunes. It's awesome that you do that. Thank you very much for, for rating us. It's great that you do it. It helps us get noticed. So we thank everybody who does it. 
We got an email in a hillbilly accent so we could understand it here, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate anytime somebody types with the hillbilly accent. It's it's great because then otherwise I'm just struggling. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is an email from Ashley. He says, I want to thank you for giving me my new SMS tone. Um, anytime someone says something stupid, Tom goes, what? Um, which I totally stole from some other dude. Yeah, by the we way. both stole it from some yeah, other guy. It's, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, this makes me chuckle every time. So I cut the audio and use it as my SMS, a text tone. Um, every time we get a text, Tom goes, what? Now for the funny part. I was on a bus in glorious London and someone started going on about Jesus and the end of the world, maybe even aliens. And with perfect timing, I received a text and Tom going, what? My phone was on loud and I must say you amused the rest of the bus. It was fucking awesome. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah, that's, that's great. awesome we're glad you enjoy that yeah. it sounds like a hilarious bus ride we got another matt this one is from uh nearby chicago who said that uh you know basically one of uh his friends said that they should read the bible uh read the bible daily pray beforehand try to get her perspective and uh starting start to start to start a conversation between the two and uh, I want to read part of this email because, Tom, I think this is pretty – this is actually poignant. Yeah. It says, it pisses me off to think how many hours, days, years, lifetimes are wasted on studying the Bible. I feel like it's slowed down the progress of mankind because of this colossal amount of time wasted. I cannot agree more. <laughs> I, think, I don't think there's much in the Bible that's worthwhile. I think, you know, if you recognize what it is and what it was made, that's all you need. You don't need you don't need to spend hours and hours of your life. I know that people say, Tom, we hear that argument all the time. Oh, you got to read it in order to argue with them correctly. It's like, no, no, I just dismiss it out of hand. That's all I do. Yeah, I, I don't need to read all of the literature about Norwegian elves. To know that there's no elves in Norway, right? Like, wait, they're, there's they're, no I elves in Norway. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> I I don't need to. Maybe it's not Norway. I don't fucking know. But they're one of the Scandinavian what countries. They all kind of blend together. Yeah. Like they like there's a long-standing tradition of belief in elves. They even rerouted highways because they didn't want like elves to be around the highways. Um, I don't want you elves. Don't, to be you don't need to read all the literature about that in order to know it's not a true. Well, you don't need to. You know exactly. And then there's a million things you don't need that for. The extraordinary evidence needs to come from their side, not our. We don't need the, any evidence at all to refute it. We just need extraordinary evidence from their side to prove it. So when they say, you know, I don't need to read every fucking, I don't need to look at every single Bigfoot, uh, whatever, fucking paw print or whatever the fuck they have <laughs> in order to decide that there's no Bigfoot. Man, just fucking show me a goddamn Bigfoot and I'm on fucking board. Same thing with Jesus. Show me a Jesus. I'm fucking on board. That's awesome. Jesus gets fucking resurrected, comes down, fucking does a happy dance in his crown of thorns. I'm fucking down. That's awesome. Fucking life after death sounds cool. Let's do it. But if it's fucking, if you don't have any proof, if it's just you saying it, who gives a shit what you say? We got an image this week, Tom. Somebody uh, found our listened to last week's show was Lee, and uh, and said uh, after la- after listening to last week's show, I had to draw this. Forgive the pixelation. I drew it at size instead of drawing it big and then shrinking it down. So we're gonna put this with the uh, show this week. It's a comic that just says the Unitarians win. So you'll have to check it out. Um, it's gonna be on the show notes for this time, episode one twelve. We got an interesting comment about biometrics from Bill, Tom. Um, we did. You know, we talked about the Mark of the Beast shenanigans before, and it's funny because biometrics are stuff like fingerprints, retinal imprint, etc. It's not a microchip. 
Kathy Adams is a moron. <laughs> That's awesome. Because it totally is not a microchirp. And it's right. also not a thing like like the one thing that pisses me off is there's a, a company. I, I, there's a million of these companies out there, right? The uh, uh, grocery stores that are local to their area, right? There's one by us called Jewel. And I don't know how far across the country. I think it's a Midwestern phenomenon. But Jewel is a, is a place where you go to buy groceries, right? It's your basic supermarket. They had installed, in my tiny town where I used to live before I lived in Chicago, they had installed this biometric scanner. So you'd walk up and you'd put a thumbprint on it. It would take your thumbprint and then you'd have to type in a four-digit number. And then it would know who you are and you didn't have to have any kind of payment, any kind of ID, or any, you didn't have to have, they have like a little savers card. You didn't have to have that either. So you could do it for any and all of the purchase. So you could decide, you know what, I want to pay for it this way, or I just want to use my, my little card, my little savers card, which they give you like little extra dollars off. They had it for about six months, and it was fucking glorious. I could get up. I could be on the way home. I could not have my wallet on me. I could be, you know, coming back from the gym or whatever and just be like, oh, I could just stop there and get whatever I wanted. It was fucking awesome. And then they took it out. They stopped doing it. And I wonder if it's this fucking these jagoffs that are like, it's the mark of the beast. It's the mark of the beast. And they didn't let me fucking do the thing with the pressing of my thumb. It was the best thing ever. If I could do that for everything, I would do that for everything. Yeah, there's the, 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 the mark of the beast. I'll believe the mark of the beast when it's like we said before the show, when it's a fucking hoof print being tattooed on my forehead by force. Right. Yeah. Like when a bunch of like black clad dudes swoop down, hold me down and fucking tattoo a hoof print on my forehead. Then uh, that will give me some pause. Until then, it's easier to buy avocado. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, too, because there's no need for any kind of change in technology with a kind of mark of the beast. All you need is your fingerprint in order to, you know, identify different people, right? That's all you need. And if you had good enough scanners and good enough technology, you could easily just, that could be an international currency system, right? You could just be like, okay, here you go. You put your thing on here. Now, I understand that there's a lot of problems with that because, you know, you'd still need regular currency so you could pay people under the table and have illegal immigrants working and things like that. Um, (laughs) No, but in any case, I mean, I know that there's obviously going to be other issues with that, but really, you don't need a mark. You could just use your thumbprint unless you're saying the mark of the beast is a is your thumb and you're just like okay well well, then i was already marked wasn't i all of us all of us prehensile mammals are just fucked we're just fucked we're all beasted we got an email from jimmy who says uh he he thanked us for being part of his deconversion but he also says he was wondering if we saw ray comfort's new film evolution versus god it's quite awful but i would love to listen both of you tear it apart and laugh hysterically we are actually planning two shows right now um, that are going to be put in the can before we actually, before I go on vacation. Cause I'm leaving for vacation at the end of September and I won't be back until near the middle of October. And so I'm going to be gone for two weeks. So if we don't get something done, there will not be a show for two weeks. So we're looking at some movies and this is a great suggestion. So we might actually look into this. Yeah. I, I'd be more than happy to laugh at Ray comfort. Yeah. Like I'll let that all done. day, all day. Sure. I'd like to thank Will, Eric, Chad, Vincent, and Mark for their generous donations. We always are very grateful for anyone who sends us money. Uh, we thank you very much. Your hard-earned money goes uh, goes a long way to pay for our hosting costs and for our website. And uh, so we thank you very much for that. We also want to remind people that we are going to be donating $50 if we get 
people in our audience to donate $50. We will donate $50 to an Indiegogo campaign. Uh, it's going to be on this episode's show notes, episode 112, so you can find the link there. It's also going to be when this goes out as the Facebook message. It might be on there. I don't know. We'll see. But you just follow the link, and uh, and you should be able to uh, to click on it. Uh, and then you can donate if you if you would like to this homeless campaign for that atheists are putting together to make little care boxes, which we think is a great project. Yeah, I mean, really, anybody that was thinking about donating and so many of you guys have been kind enough to do so, um, send your money there like they need it. They like, do. I've got a home. Cecil, yeah. you've got a home. Yeah. And while we, we certainly are not poo pooing the folks that have been generous with us, um, this is an opportunity to do some good. So let's let's do some good. Before we end, we want to talk about uh, George Trabb's latest uh, DVD, 21812. Uh, he just came out with this DVD. It's releasing this week. And, uh, and George asked us if we wouldn't mind plugging it. We plugged it a little last week, but this week we're actually going to put a link to the audio. It turns out George has made uh, half of this DVD, the first 60 minutes of this DVD, available as audio to, uh, to his audience. So we're actually going to... Uh, to link to his podcast for this week where he does this whole thing. We're also going to put a link where you can go and just download this audio if you don't want to go to his his website. George makes his living as a mu- musician. Uh, Tom and I both have day jobs. We, you know, we this is not a way in which for us to make money, but George is in a different boat. George, this is how George makes his living. He's a musician, he's a podcaster, and uh, and these sales help him. So if you are a fan of George's and if you like his music, I I watch the 21812 DVD. I think it's worth your money. I think it's a well-produced, well-made DVD. And if you like his music and you enjoy it, I would suggest picking one up. I think it's great. And it helps George out. This is, like I said, this is how George makes his living. So we're going to put a link in this episode, episode 112, to both George's latest podcast, which he gives you away this full 60 minutes of audio, and then also a link so you could download it and, uh, and go check it out. It's on his website, 21812, A Nice Night Out. We hope George sells lots of DVDs. So that wraps it up for this week. Uh, We had a great time. We hope to see you back next time. We're going to leave you, as always, with The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info, docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.
want to sneeze though. Do it, sneeze. Come on. How many? We got two, three, four, five, six, seven. No. Seven. Ah, uh, I think we're good. I seven. We're good. Seven is enough. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know. You're just a multiple sneezer. Some Jesus. women get multiple orgasms. You got lucky and get multiple sneezes. I just get, so. Yeah, I don't even give multiple orgasms. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> I just get 